my dad, his most of his extended family is from this, this small, small village in Sudan um, called Wad al-Khabir. And it's probably like less than 200 people that live in this village. You know, like a very small population. So he knew everybody there. Or they knew him probably since he was a baby kind of thing. So I remember me and my sister went there with my dad. We just drove in from where his parents live, their village is probably a good 30, 40 minutes out. And literally like two thirds of that drive is just dirt. You know, you're just waiting until you see the the cow manured civilization. The walls are built of cow manure and shit like that. It's crazy. We went there, we finally hit the civilization. All these kids are looking at this 2009 Hyundai, like it's a Lamborghini and shit. Like, whoa, what is that? You know, cause they have just like donkeys and shit out there. So it's it was like culture shock, like for sure. We're knocking on every door. You know, my dad was just knocking on every door. And then every time we get there, they're giving us either Pepsi, Pepsi or juice, some water, and then tea or coffee or something like that. All three. And then most likely like some snacks, like sweets usually, or some type of food. So I just remember me and my sister just looking at each other. And I remember there was one specific moment after drinking like five drinks, we're like getting forced to just drink our Pepsi. It was like a Pepsi, like just, you know, the spicy Pepsi trying to drink it. And we're just like, oh man, like this is crazy. Like, how are we going to finish this? Like we were not allowed to leave unless we finished it type shit. Welcome to Swana Stories. Today's storyteller is Amar, an artist and performer based in New Haven on unceded Pagwasset, Quinnipiac, and Wappinger lands. In this episode, Amar describes visiting Sudan, reconnecting with his heritage, and discovering how America has affected his sense of self. He also explores the complex relationships we have with our elders and provides insight into his creative process for making music and art. We're lucky to feature some of Amar's original music in this episode. Asthma. All right, we're ready to go. <laughs> I'm Amar. I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. I'm 24 years old. I'm an artist. I'm mainly Sudanese. Both of my parents were born in Sudan, um, indigenous, but my dad's side is part Moroccan and part Egyptian. And my mom is part Turkish. So I have all of that in my DNA. So my dad, when he initially moved to America to study, he went to Kansas and he studied there for a little bit. And then I think he went back to Sudan, met my mom, and then he moved to like Brooklyn and they never had a, a like a real wedding, actually. It was because like he couldn't leave the country, like you know he just was fresh, like shit like that. You know, if he left, it would have probably fucked up citizenship stuff. So he didn't end up leaving, and they never had like a real wedding for real. My mom, she had the ceremony wedding like just without my dad, and my dad was in New York during my parents' wedding. 
So, yeah, weddings are very different in Sudan. It's not like so you do like the cer the ceremony is like very private. Like you just do it at the mosque. It's usually the parents and the couple, and then maybe like some close relatives like in the mosque, like during the marriage ceremony. Um, you know, maybe an engagement party prior. But then there's just like a, they just turn up like another day. People just blasting music till four in the morning, eating food, just shit like that. Yeah. It's literally just a huge party. So, yeah. Then my mom came to America. She won the lottery, like the, uh, the visa lottery. And then she just hated New York. She said it was way too loud. And they ended up finding little old Connecticut, South Connecticut, and they just liked it there. And that's where I was born, like maybe like three years after they got married. I always wanted to do that, like for their 25th anniversary, just like actually make a proper wedding for them kind of thing. But you know, life happens. But I think they're coming up on 30 soon, something like that. So maybe if shit is better, in the future, that's something I'll do. I was very distant from like the Islamic community, let alone the Sudanese community in my hometown um, up until my cousin passed. And I just remember experiencing like this overwhelming amount of love. Like I was like, man, like everyone, I'm over here thinking that everyone hates me because, you know, I look the way I look, I dress the way I dress, I'm the music I make, whatever. When I was in that time period, I was like, wow, like these people just actually love me for real. And it was like really shocking to me for some reason. You know, I, they're like, come over um, and just eat. You know, if you're, if you're ever hungry, you know, just come and, come and eat. After my cousin passed, we all went to um, his mom's house. And I just saw like all these women there, like just moms of like kids in the community. And a lot of them haven't seen me since I was like in high school, maybe even younger than that. Cause I was like, they either completely forgot how I was, don't fuck with me or don't even like acknowledge my existence. But like, I was like, man, I have so much love to give right now. Like, fuck it. You know, I just went around, I shook everybody's hand in there and they were like, Mar, like, oh, like all of, like, it was just crazy. like how how much love I felt that day and how much I had to reflect after all that. I feel like it's so pointless to not show love when, when you have like every bone in your body to make that possible. When I'm around people like that, it's always like a humbling experience. And that's something that I've always wanted to tie into my shows, just everything. The urgency of it being a safe space and it being a space that like, that challenges exclusivity. You know, you can look however, talk however, be whoever the fuck you want to be and still like have space. So I just want it to be, yeah, like very communal, very family-like, shit like that. Find a way. Lifetime, life and time. Would you slow down? Slow down, life. Slow down, slow down, life. Would you slow down? Oh, oh, oh. 
I guess the best way to describe my music, there's this article that this guy wrote about me. It was like the first show, my first solo show in Connecticut. And he said like, Amar's music isn't sad, although there is emotion, um, he, his music is catharsis and it's moving toward uplift. that made me look at my music completely different because I'm like damn all of my songs may have this like frequency to it like a melancholy frequency or whatever but like the content is never this like sad boy shit it's always I'm trying to resolve something every time start to finish I didn't realize that until he said it like I was like damn once he said that um because I emailed bro and I was like bro like that was crazy. Like, I look at my music differently because of you now. I got the lights on when I'm awake at night. I got my demons whispering in my mind. I got these people telling me all my life. I got it. But let me know if you by my side. Yeah. Alone. I'm so alone. I alone. It hurts to know. My mom, throughout the most of last year, she didn't really support what I was doing. And then um, she saw a video of the festival I did last year on YouTube, and she just saw like how engaged all these kids were and how much they really like loved me, actually. And she was like, oh, shit. Okay, I get it now. The last show that I played in September, I played about 10 songs. There's two that I never performed. They knew every word to those unreleased songs. That shit blew my mind. It was the craziest shit. And after that, you know, she would just call me up like, Amar, like, I really support your dream. Like, whatever help you need, like, I'm here for you kind of thing. I would say, yeah, I just do my best to reject any type of authority when it comes to my music. It's all like a spiritual process for sure. I'm just like flowing through my stream of consciousness and I'm not allowing this like mechanical reality to like cave in into my art especially you know what I mean because um, I feel like that's when shit just gets so confusing and fucked up and then I can't write and I've been in that space a lot so I think yeah just completely just trusting myself trusting my ideas trusting that I have space here in this universe um, is really what motivates me and I want 
that message to come across with everybody because I always try to push my friends um, and just anyone around me, just anyone that I speak to, that there's space for you in the universe, you know, with whatever you want to do. But even now, like I'm in a space right now where I just want to have fun with music and not be so existential and not be taking it completely seriously. You know, I just want to also just vibe because I love doing that. Every time I step out of myself as an artist, I realize how like existential like all this shit really is. You know, it's like I'm not even doing this for myself. It's more of like I want the kid that looks like me to be like, oh, wow, like I can do that. Because I've been told no like my entire life. So me doing what I'm doing now is kind of just like a fuck you to all those people that have been telling me no my entire life. Whether it's been like people in authoritarian positions, teachers, you know, sheikhs at the mosque. Stuff like that. Parents, aunts, uncles, just older people. I think there's a lot of power in shit like that. Um, or not even power. I would say strength. I've been to Sudan a lot when I was younger. And um, I think my parents, they just never wanted me and my siblings to lose our roots. Like that was like probably their biggest fear of us being like first generation Americans and just like American children and shit like that. They just never wanted us to be on American bullshit. Our, our parents were very like protective in that sense. They weren't like strict, I would say, but they were just like protective and like they wanted us to sustain like our culture throughout our lives and shit. So. They, they wanted us to have the luxury of like seeing our fa our extended family as often as we could. As I got older, um, I just started being way more curious about my ancestral like upbringing and what is the origin of my existence, you know? And when I went to Sudan more recently, I think it was 2021, I wasn't there for that long. I was in Egypt for maybe three weeks and I was in Sudan for maybe 10 days. and. I had like the biggest epiphany like ever just being there and experiencing family and everyone had this like purity to them you know everybody had this like intense amount of innocence to them that I almost envied I was like fuck I wish I lived like this I wish I was raised like this because just being in America you just lose all that innocence so early and then you just see these adults that are like 30 and they just have that that childlike sparkle in their eyes you know that was everybody there and i was like damn like i feel like i've been possessed like just living and existing in america because of what's in around me so seeing that i'm like man like there's no way you can lose when there's just nothing but love and no distractions around you you know there's no bullshit they don't really have internet there for real but yeah, it's crazy. I definitely envied the fuck out of that.
there's there's a lot of moments where I gave a fuck about what people thought, but when I was in high school, I was like so ambitious, even though my music was so terrible. <laughs> like I had I had the attitude like all the way there. I just wish I believed in my ideas more, you know, like just fully fully sending it and not thinking about packaging everything so perfectly and all that kind of shit. So I would say. This is something that I like to just say a lot um, and just like kind of remind myself and other people is that we are all deeply chosen. There is a lot of challenging factors to reaching liberation, to experience something that we all deserve, like happiness or just love, gratitude, whatever. Like it takes like these painful, these painful experiences to get the, get to that, to reach that. But there's space for you in the universe for whatever you want to do. Just don't fucking stop what you're doing. Keep going. Swana Stories is produced by me, Kehan Azadi. The artwork and look of the show were created by Paradise, also known as Pardis. Check out more of their work at paradislily.com. You can connect with the show on Instagram at Swana Stories Pod. Please consider leaving a review or sharing with a friend. Thank you for listening. <laughs>